Hello everybody! Welcome back! We've got another season to look forward to, 2022. No, it's not that, is it? It's 2023 to 2024 is here. It's upon us. We are Total Italian Football. We're back with the Total Italian Football Serie A preview podcast for what season, Ewan Burns? 2023-24. Hello, how are you? I am all right. Just watch oh, a team I hate win a thing. We're back. <laughs> we're trying to be enthusiastic. I've come to you knowing it's a risk first off the bat, and you've yeah, but let me down. When when they've played some football, I'll be I'll be more giddy. Um, but they haven't done any football yet, so we have to preview, which is always fun. God, <laughs> I really don't know who to go to next, but I'm going to take a risk. Vito Doria, I'm coming to you. Sam Barnes didn't say that anymore, but. You must be excited anyway. Uh, actually, I am. Uh, yeah. For some reason, uh, just knowing that Sampdoria hasn't gone bankrupt has made me enthusiastic, so I'm suddenly happy about any type of football being played. I mean, I was even enjoying watching the Women's Football World Cup, which I usually don't do. So, yeah, I think the enthusiasm for football has come back. Speaking of Women's Football and Sampdoria, um, nobody has a fuck clue what's going on with that club because they put out a statement about a month ago to say they wouldn't be funding their women's team um mm. the figc chose to ignore it and the fixtures were released today and sampdoria are in Serie A. apparently um mm. watch <laughs> watch this space because i don't think they'll be playing in Serie A <laughs> when it kicks off in a month's time we've also got kev pugzelski here kev another season you're still with us i'm pleased about that how are you Make it sound though I might not make make it through <laughs> health reasons. <laughs> I'm absolutely shattered. It, I feel it feels like the end of the season, but this is very much non-football reasons with moving home and whatnot. But uh, maybe I'll be more sprightly once the football started. Like uh, right, well, guys, I, I'm, I'm looking at you two Britain-based people. Can you at least pretend to be interested while we're doing a podcast to preview a season that's not started yet instead of? Saying, "Oh, we need to be entertained." We'll just get up, get on with it. We're all here. I'll, I'll warm up. Don't worry, it'll be fine. <sighs> Don't threat. <laughs> I, I didn't. I I'll, I, to, I'll warm up when I get to Palmer next week in my g-string. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I'm. I often dread things, but I haven't often dreaded things as much as I'm dreading you coming here in this heat, Kev. Um. I'll load the fridge. I don't know. Have you ever had a Peroni chill while you've been in Italy? I've got one in my hand now. No, I don't think so. It's right, probably so a too low like percentage. Crack, honestly. honestly, it's <laughs> so, so nice. You will be unhappy with the alcohol percentage, but you just need to think of it as if it's a Fanta, like a Fanta lemon, but it's got a little tiny bit of alcohol. I think it's like one to two percent. Wavy Fanta. But good God, they are the nicest things in the world in the summer. And I'll have my fridge well stocked in them for <laughs> for you to drink through the night when none of us are sleeping because it's too hot. But anyway, I think we should get on with the, the season preview, shall we, guys? Because it's 2023-24. It's still a bit of a mouthful, that one. But we're coming into it. And we've got what looks like it could be the most open Serie A title race in years. And that is considering that we've had four different winners in the last four seasons. We might well have a fifth this season, Kev. I doubt it. I think we are all in agreement based on the prediction article that went up with all of our own respective predictions. Um, 
most of us agree on who we think is going to win Serie A, but it is an exciting season we've got ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think Napoli obviously was, towards the end, there's a little bit like we were just waiting for the inevitable to happen. Um, this year, you know, they're not going to be able to replicate that. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd put my house on the fact that they just won't be able to do that. That's not, you know, because they haven't checked, they haven't lost a lot of the players there. They've got most of them there other than Kim was the big departure to, to buy them. Um, Spalletti's obviously gone, but you know some of the some well, the start they made to the season last year was sort of freakish in nature, um, and Milan just kind of fucked their attempt at trying to retain the title and, and into uh, by one point in the season we're just focusing on on European competition really. Vita, would you share Kev's pessimism around Napoli's chances to defend their title? I think they can defend their title. However, I don't think they'll be anywhere as dominant. Uh, what we saw last season was just something out of the ordinary. And what they achieved under Luciano Spalletti was something absolutely special. So even if they do go back to back, I think it will be a close one. And uh, the loss of Kim Min Jae will be a big one. However, they have maintained a lot of players. And it's important that they've held on to both Victor Ossiman and... I will say, we'll get on to our own predictions a little bit later in the podcast, but of the four of us here, um, five of us made predictions. We have three different Serie A title winners between us. And of the four of us, three of us have gone for Milan. Vito, you actually are backing Napoli to, to come out on top of the rest, which is interesting. What's your reasoning there? Is it just because you don't trust anybody else quite enough or what? Because I've not even put them in my top four. Again, I'm sorry, Napoli fans. Uh, That's one part of the reason. I think the other teams still have weak spots and inconsistencies, whereas, like I've mentioned just before, although Napoli have changed coach and even made a couple changes off the pitch as well, I think they've maintained most of their squad. There's news that also Piotr Zielinski is going to stay on. He's not going to go to Saudi Arabia or Lazio by the sound sound of things. And uh, if you maintain that sort of continuity, I think that's a good thing. I also don't expect Garcia to revolutionise the team too much. So uh, although I don't expect that incredible dominance of last season, I still think that uh, they've got a balanced squad and they can still they could still do very well. I still think they have a good chance to go back to back. You and what's going to be more significant for for Napoli in their attempt to defend their title? The fact that they no longer have Spalletti and Kim or the fact that they do still have Kvaraschelia and and Ossiman? I think probably not having Spalletti and Kim because you know not to sort of slag someone off before they've started doing their job but I, I just fail to envisage a world where Rudy Garcia picks up that team and gets the same out of it as Spalletti was getting out of it he was a huge huge part of it um, and then you can chuck in that they've lost what is now one of the best central defenders in the world um, they've signed a guy called Natan from Brazil who I had not heard of um, the only sort of <clears throat> excuse me, uh, thing I would say is that we hadn't really heard of Kim either. Um, so you have to sort of 
keep that in your head whenever you think about these sorts of players. It doesn't mean they're going to turn up and do nothing, but it would be quite something if he rocked up and was actually like a a, a Kim level replacement over the course of the season. T- tell me, uh, well, sorry, answer this for me. But did uh, did Kim play for Bayern when Salzburg put three past them in the Super Cup the other day? I don't know. I just, I, I just Why feel like Salzburg Kim could be, be a in the German Super Cup. Good um, Lord. Sorry, the uh, <laughs> I'm getting. I get it. It's the other. It's the other Red he, Bull. That's the, that's their he, own he, fault he for having too on, many yeah. too many Red Bulls. Oh, okay. Because he came on yeah. at three 0 and made a really good tackle. Like he he did a Kim type tackle to yeah. save from getting a lot worse. I don't know. I was so just. I, I I I just felt you know that everything around him last year. While he was excellent last season, I thought it was too much for him to have been given as much importance to the overall was it not team the fact, effort. Though, that it, it wasn't just that he came in and did so well. It's that he came in when they had just lost Koulibaly and everybody thought, ah, no, here they go. And then Kim was probably better than Koulibaly had been in his last year and a half, at least, I'd say. Indeed. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I think if they don't enough, win the... Good enough for me. <laughs> it's because Vito's pushing the Napoli agenda here. He's the only one of us that thinks they win the league. <laughs> I was, I, I the was at the point, you know. Now, yeah. Obviously, last year, I, I, you know, well, like a lot of us, I tipped them to, you know, depleted Napoli team to, to not finish inside the top four even. And I don't know. I think them winning the league last season's only made me sort of... I think I put them third. And I think I'm being swayed by that. When actually, I think their last year is a little bit of an anomaly. I think they'll they'll be fine. You know, there is a lot of talent there, but I just I don't know. I don't I don't think they're as far above as their points total was last year. It was just they got they got on a really decent run. They clicked as a team. You know, it wasn't like there was one player. I know Osman and Kravitzelli have a massive influence, but I just I just don't see them doing what they did last season. You've only put them third as well because you're a coward. You're too afraid of the backlash that we, we got last year as well. At least, like, double down. Be true to what you believe, Kev. Follow my footsteps. They're not getting the top four. Commit to it. Yeah, well, it was because I couldn't quite see Lazio maintaining their sort of top four position either. So, yeah, it was. I would have been comfortable with uh, my top three if I'd maybe put Juve in, but they're a bit of a mess. We'll get onto that. <laughs> we will get on to, to Juventus, just like we'll get on to all of the other clubs. I think let's let's not beat around it anymore. Three of the four of us here on the podcast have predicted AC Milan to win the Serie A title this coming season. And a large part of that is to do with their transfer activity, Bernsey. Rewind a year ago, I think we were all a bit concerned about what they had done, which was not really all that much. But this year, they seem to be making all the right moves. Yeah, there's there's plenty of reason, if you're an optimistic Milan fan, to be excited because I think, you know, I say optimistic, being naturally pessimistic, I'd be scared of this many players arriving at once and sort of assuming they're all going to be great. Um, but they've, they've signed six players for a fee, which is quite mad really when you consider mm. the, the capabilities everyone's got. And obviously that, a large part of that is that they sold Tonali to Newcastle, but they've they've spent beyond just what that earned them. Um, and they got another two players in for free as well. Um, and a very good chunk of those players, you'd say probably the six that they spent money on, are players that should immediately benefit the first team. Not not six starters every week, but 
regular involvement and should score goals slash make an impact throughout the season. Um, they've been by far the most active of all the big teams. And I think, you know, it, a lot of it's hypothetical because it's new players, but having lost one really good player and signed this many supposedly very good players, um, they, they have to kind of be the team with the most expectation on them. When you look at the list of, of outgoings, which I'm looking at our website because there is a a couple of very helpful articles, which is basically all of the transfers in and out of all of the big clubs in Italy. And, and you look at the players that Milan have gotten rid of this summer. There's quite a few that they will be pleased to see the back of. And I suspect there's probably quite a few players in that dressing room who will have been not unhappy to see the back of a certain Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But it it says a lot about how well they've been signing that I often forget that Tonali's actually left this summer, you know, because I'm just thinking mm. about all of these players that have come in. But could we put the question, Vito, maybe they're not signing players that are necessarily going to replace Tonali? Or does that mean they're going to do a slight shift in information and setup under Pioli or do, do we trust the moves they've made so far this summer that is perhaps why I was a little bit reluctant to put AC Milan in my top four that there have been so many different changes to the squad that uh, I do have questions that if they're able to gel quickly or quickly enough uh, there are some individuals there that are you know quite talented and uh, I've rated Pulisic since his Borussia Dortmund days so I actually hope that the move to Milan will actually get his career on track at least at a club level and that he'll dazzle Serie audiences because the the pace and the technical ability is definitely there. As for the squad in general well by the sound of things they are perhaps looking for a change in system because Pioli was playing that 4-2-3-1 formation. He hasn't got Tonali anymore. Benasser is injured. So there were reports that he'll go for a 4-3-3. And uh, also, no more Brian Diaz. The Ketelares just moved to Atalanta. So we'll see how this system change goes. And uh, maybe for their sake, they'll make me eat my words for not putting them in the top four. Because... I think if Pulisic and Leal can produce their best form, they could potentially be two of the best wingers in Serie A. The the really clinching thing for that four three three switch during the summer was um, they had absolutely everything agreed for Daichi Kamada from Eintracht Frankfurt on a free transfer, who is not exactly a number ten, but he's he's much more that sort of player than anything else. Um, anywhere along a three in a four two three one. Um, and that suddenly got put on ice very quickly. Um, and it was with, like you say, Diaz left. Um, De Ketelaro, they clearly decided they didn't want him anymore. Um, and he's going to shine this season. <laughs> um, Kamada is a non-EU player, and this was before they did the rule change. Um, and they, they suddenly stopped that deal altogether and started getting all these deep-line midfielders in... Reinders and Musa, uh, I think Loftus-Cheek had already come in, mm. and they were linked with a thousand more as well. Um, 
so when when they cut that, it was very much okay. There is no number ten in this squad now. Basically, the closest you probably got is Pulisic could play there, but that's not what they bought him for. Um, so there's that was before the friendly started. Well, now they've done the friendlies. It's obvious it is a four two three for for Milan now. That that is the base formation. I'm glad you've mentioned Loftus Cheek because he is a player that I've not seen a lot of, but every time I have seen him play, I've liked what he's about. I love the way he moves the ball, but. Yeah, he is silky, isn't he? But the most exciting transfer that Milan have made, and I think it's probably up there with the most exciting that we've seen in Serie A this summer, is the arrival of Samuel Chiquesa because he's fun. And he's he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And if if he and Leao can find that little bit of a groove together, Milan are going to be quickly becoming one of those teams that you just have to tune in to watch every week, which, let's be honest... At points last season in particular, they were anything but that. They were the team that you'd say, oh, good, Milan are playing on the Sunday night. I'll have a couple of hours off. <laughs> like, but, yeah, they, they fucking hooned for a while last yeah, season. It was horrible. I, I don't think it's going to be that this season, which which does say a lot. Kev, I'm sorry. We're going to move on to Inter. But Inter are going to be interesting. Huh? <laughs> don't be, there was an obscene <laughs> hand gesture from the youngest member of the podcast just there, and it's thrown me right off my guard, <laughs> my, <laughs> my path. But Inter have made some interesting moves because Onana's gone, and I know Inter were probably happy to sell for a fee. And the fee, I, I, how much did he go for in the end, Ewan? About 50 million? It will get to 55 okay. with a little bit of extra. I think it's 51 up front. So like they, in terms of their bank account, they're happy because it represents a really good profit for a player that I believe came in on a free transfer a year earlier. But there's no way that Inter started this summer hoping that they sold Andre Onana. Um, they brought in Davide Fratese, who's I, I think everybody here is a, is a big fan of. But they've still got some big fat question marks hanging over them, Bernsey. Well, not anymore. They've just signed Arnautovic. So they've so, got an even bigger salt. and fatter question mark hanging over them now, Bernsey. <laughs> fatter. <laughs> Do you just call Mark Arnautovic fat on the yeah, podcast? He's further away from me now. I'm safe. <laughs> he's aging. We all yeah. put a couple of pounds on as we age. <laughs> and and stop playing football. Kev's, Kev's um, making reference there to a message I sent him yesterday in which he thought I was talking about him, but I was referring to myself and it sounded like I just called him fat. <laughs> Still not convinced. Um, uh, despite Arnautovic arriving uh, today as we speak, actually, um, th- that's still a problem because it's basically... I'd argue it's more Lukaku's of a problem. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> Lukaku's gone. Um, and sure as hell ain't coming back. Um, Lautaro and Marcus Turam have to be the two strikers. Dzeko's gone. So their two backup strikers now are Carrera, who they would absolutely love to get out the door. For, like he, He's one of the players that has had Saudi Arabia written on his forehead throughout the entire summer, and it's not happened. Um, and now Marco Arnautovic, which, I mean... They've got a lot of games to play. Um, Lautaro is fantastic. Marcus Turam could be incredibly good and lots of fun, but he might not. He's in that category. <laughs> He's in that category yeah. for me. There's quite a risk there if you don't get a, another better forward. That, that, that's why they've been through so many strikers this summer that they've ended up not getting. Um, there was Skamaka. Well, I mean, Lukaku was first, then Skamaka. Um, 
Morata, Balogun, like all, all good players that would do a lot more, you'd assume, for you than Arnautovic will. Um, and that's where they've landed. So I've, I still think Inter will get top four, but I think it's just because I've not really thought about them that much. But they're surely at as much risk of anybody as, as dropping out of it now. They're worried about their defence as well. Because, um, see, they lost Skriniar. They've also lost... D'Ambrosio's gone, which I know is more of a depth thing, but he's, he's, he's a very useful player. He plugged a lot of gaps for them over the last couple of seasons. Um, Jan Orel Bissek has come in, who I hadn't heard of. Mm-hmm. Again, might be good, don't know. Um, but you, you'd say that's a weaker defence yeah. than what it was last season. I, I know Screenyard disappeared for a lot of last season with that back surgery and slash transfers. But you know, they, they are weaker there than they were last season. And you'd say they're weaker up front as well because Dzeko is still, like, one of the most solid strikers in Europe. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's a massive amount to shout about for Inter. Although, to be fair, I did still put them second, which, <laughs> which is my prediction. put them second as well? Yeah, which says a lot about what I think about everyone else. So, yeah, I've got them in third. Um, so, how's gone for them to win it, which is the... With Napoli, Milan, and Inter, those are the three teams that we, as a collective, think can win Serie A this season. But Kev, how concerned would you be if you were an Inter fan? Yeah, quite concerned. I think they need to do they need to do something before the transfer window slams shut because it does look like they've lost far more than they've gained Sorry. through <laughs> Fratesi. You and... were writing an article there. The transfer window slams shut. Slams shut. I don't want to use terms like that. It never closes, uh, does it? It's... No, indeed, yeah, it doesn't close. It slams shut, uh, usually on disappointed clubs and fans. <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like they've lost more than they've gained in transfers. And, I, you know, I, I, I think Arnautovic will probably beat his goal record from last year. I can't remember what our bet was. That I don't think we ever sort of continued Didn't after we made it. Um we shouldn't forget that he's a treble winner, by the way. Oh, stop <laughs> it. It's in his right. DNA. This Champion. is not your thing to say. Leave that to Kev. And if Kev isn't aware of it, it's better that way. <laughs> well, yeah, he's with that whole... Uh, you know, I, going, going off to that to 2010, that lovely photo of Javier Zanetti lifting the trophy up. There are some of the odd strange face that you remember that were around at the time. Balotelli's there with his, you know, he's a Champions League winner winner as well. Um, but uh, maybe they should have got him back in. Um, I was about to say, they'd be better off with him than I know to be. Which, yeah, arguably they, they would have been. Um, but, yeah, they just look a bit of a, they look imbalanced as well. And you think with them losing Brozovic, um, Barella's obviously voice captain now. There was a piece that went up on Total Hyphen Italian Football about how Milan and Inter have kind of changed tax, whereas Inter have gone more sort of not necessarily just buying local, but they've obviously blooded a few youngsters with Bastoni. But it feels like it feels like they're not sort of the standouts at the moment when you consider that Skriniar's gone. So yeah, I'm, I'm now debating why I put them second. I was maybe you know, hoping they'll do a bit more um, activity in the transfer market. I do just want to take this opportunity before we move on to talk about Juventus listeners to say that we 
are existing in a new place at for the coming season over on Spotify and your podcast apps. So if you want to help us out a little bit, go over there and rather than finding us where you usually find us, search for the Total Italian Football Podcast and start listening to us from there because that is the only place where we can guarantee that this podcast will be continuing to be available to listen to. Alternatively, you can get us on patreon.com slash Football where you can sign up for as little as €2 euro a month. There are also options to give €5 or €10 euro a month, at your own discretion, of course. And we will be talking about what is going to be on offer there at another point, probably once the season starts. But I can tell you now, we will be doing two bonus podcasts a week. There's going to be the Serie A Femenile podcast with Ewan and I, and then there will be one bonus podcast every week in which we will answer any of your questions that you have you can get in touch with us over on patreon.com slash total italian football or you can tweet us priority of questions always going to patrons but yes i don't know where you listen now but if you go over to your pay to your podcast apps sorry and find the total italian football podcast it's better for all involved if you listen to us there with the security that we will not just one day disappear and if we do just one day disappear just search the Total Italian Football Podcast and you'll find us very swiftly. On to Juventus then. Um, they've disappeared from European competition, Kev. But Vito, sorry, I'm supposed to go to you here. I think Massimiliano Allegri might be absolutely delighted about that fact. I reckon he will be because I never thought of him as the top that would take the Conference League seriously. And uh, that's why I've put Juventus in my top four for my predictions because they're the kind of club, at least in the last decade or so, that have prioritised domestic football. And also, with Allegri being the conservative coach that he is, uh, he'll be happy to just, you know, focus on the league, give his players enough time to recuperate. And, yeah, unfortunately, I think... I've discussed this with friends outside of uh, Total Italian Football that uh, if it was up to Allegri, if he could defend for all 38 games and win all of them 1-0, he'd do it. And I think this is the perfect situation to do it. Is he going to do it? I reckon he will. Yeah, I, I'm i at that point as well. So I went for Juve being higher than anybody else. I, I think they'll finish second. And I wouldn't be at all surprised even if they win the league this year because... We we've seen Allegri do it. We we know he's capable. That was kind of my assumption as we were getting to the end of last season, and it, it sort of, even that wasn't official. Then it sort of became clear they weren't going to have any European football next season. But I did assume that more would happen in their summer than has, um, because Timothy Weir has come in, and then they confirmed some deals of existing players, and that's it. So they, they signed a defender from Valencia, who's then been loaned out again. Um, so that doesn't count. Um, so <laughs> I just thought more would happen. Um, it, you know, I suppose what you could say is a lot of sort of not unlocked talent in that team right now, in in the, the likes of Chiesa, Vlavic, etc., who should be significantly better than they have been. If that happens, maybe it's a different story, but. I'm I'm less bang on about them being any good than I was, if you'd asked me, maybe three months ago. I suppose they're starting to loan players out now this week, aren't they? And they've they've even sold Dennis Zakaria, which, like, he just seems to have come and gone 
had an amazing debut and then done nothing else after that. Um, mm, he was that's quite an important sale, that one. Yeah, a twenty million, I think it was. But I suppose the idea now is between now and the the close or the 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 slamming shut of the transfer window, they they might be able to bring somebody in. Like, I think the important thing this summer is that they they've not lost anybody that they wouldn't have wanted to lose. They they tied Adrian Rabiot down to a new contract, Kev, and until now they've kept hold of both Dusan Vlaovic and Federico Chiesa. So they the fans might be quite vocal on Twitter about how they want players to sign, but surely the priority was keeping hold of that spine and they've done it. Yeah, it's it, my issue with them when I'm looking at the squad they've got there is I don't trust many of the defenders, even with Allegri's kind of pragmatic, dare we say, like. boring sort of... Well, you know, I kind of rate Bremer more than Dinolo because it always feels like he's been around for years and years and years and he's got to sort of start sort of getting worse or, you know, that's, not, that's the wrong word, but, you know, just just growing old um, and, and losing a, losing his edge a little bit. And there was a there was a rumour that they might go in for Donnarumma because Enrique isn't the biggest fan at PSG. But I still think Wojciech Chesney is a more than capable goalkeeper because mm-hmm. of the way that Allegri kind of sets Juve up to not really concede many, many efforts. Um, but I think it's, it's as much as keeping hold of Chiesa, I think it's a big year for him given the injuries that he's had the last couple of couple of seasons. And actually, he almost needs to turn into that talisman for them because they're not going to go and buy another big name. You know, they spent heavily on Pogba and Vlavic. And, you know, they'll hope, hope to get more out of Pogba this season as well. The um, This isn't a deal that's going to be like the be-all and end-all of anything that happens this summer, uh, this season. But I think it was only today. They they got rid of Nicola Ravella to Lazio, which has surprised me because he, he just seems like a very talented midfielder that you wouldn't necessarily get rid of to one of the teams that you're going to be battling with to be in the top four, um, like I say that that's not a, it's not like losing Vlavic or Gieza or someone like that. But it's just it's just struck me as a little bit odd that one. Really? Well, he was very good last year. He he looks like a like a very genuine solid player, mm. not one that you'd expect them to ship out with a lot of the others that they've shipped out. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, not whatever to you, whatever is would be my opinion on Ravella, to be honest. No, no, that, that, sounded, that was to me. It sounded more <laughs> dismissive of you. But he, he has gone to Lazio along with Luca Pellegrini's going as well. Um, but Vito Lazio have lost Sergei Milinkovic. So yeah, very much whatever to Luca Pellegrini. Too. Um, but they've lost Sergei Milinkovic Savage to Saudi Arabia, Vito. And it almost feels like it doesn't matter who they bring in, they're not going to be able to replace him. And that's quite a significant hole in Maurizio Sarri's side. It sure is, because he gave them eight years of service and he often produced some pretty incredible goals and games in reasonably big matches. So I think that's something about Malinkovic Savage that won't be replaced. He was someone that, you know, he had the stamina and ball-winning abilities, but... Technically, he was an exceptional player and he just knew how to be at the right place at the right time. Uh, with the new signings, you know, they got um, Kam- they managed to get Kamada, the guy from Eintracht Frankfurt. And uh, also with Ravella 
coming in. Ravella will be good for the midfield, I reckon. Pellegrini is more a bench option for Hussai. But uh, I think in general with Lazio, I think it's more about, yeah, just focusing on Serie A. It's just something about Sarri and focusing on on domestic football that uh, I reckon uh, Lazio, they'll battle for top four. But there's just something about Sarri, at least in Italian football, he just can't balance, you know, Serie A and a continental competition. It was different at Chelsea mm. when he was there for that one year. They won the Europa League, but uh, obviously the Premier League clubs got greater buying power, so that's probably an anomaly. But in general, I think uh, the Aquile, they'll focus on Serie A. My main concern, though, with them is uh, how Immobile will go because he's going to be 33 years old and... Uh, they really need someone to really step up. I don't think Felipe Anderson can play a whole season as a false nine. So uh, as good as the defense is with Casale Romagnoli uh, going forward, they need to fire in more goals and eventually find an air for Immobile. You would think there's there's something to be said for having somebody. So forget when Immobile is injured or when he's not available, but for someone to push him a little bit. Because last season wasn't his best year. There's a lot of reasons behind that but they could probably do with a, a a proper backup number nine you'd say um speaking of teams who will need to balance europe and, and domestic duties kev we've got roma um they're not balancing the european competition they would have hoped to be obviously they missed out on champions league qualification last year both through Serie A and the europa league final loss but for a lot of the summer jose Mourinho has been annoyed <laughs> it won't come as a great surprise because Roma haven't been signing but they Nemanja Matic then effectively just walked out and that has prompted them to sign both Leandro Paredes and Renato Sanchez uh, he'll be a little bit more pleased Mourinho now won't he uh, well yeah if he's not still annoyed from the Europa League final and harassing <laughs> referees and um, obviously he must have upset Matic because Ewan kept telling us he was one of the nicest men in football, yet he just he decided to jump ship to Rennes. Yeah, I found that an odd move. Why? I don't know why. Yeah. Stop talking about it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it's very nice. You know, We can get there in a couple of hours from here so over the water. Rome's the best um, city in the world. I don't know. Um, clearly it's too hot for him at the moment. He's just gone to Northern. There might be a big Serbian population in, in Rennes. We don't know. Um, it could be all manner of reasons. Uh, mum might live there because okay. <laughs> you'd oh. move because you'd move for your mum. <laughs> it was one of them stories that appeared, and you think, yeah, that's just some that's some weird story yeah. that someone's partially yeah. made up. That'll go away. If it, and then he went away. It feels like getting parodies and censors together is because they are both hugely inconsistent footballers, and maybe Mourinho feels that he can pick the moment when one of them's going to turn up and just so, play them. <laughs> Um, I I quite like both of those players. I like Paredes more than most people do. And I like the fact that he's a bit of a shithouse, despite not really looking like he would be. Um, but I just have the two of them, Jock Dennis players, that Mourinho is going to publicly fall out with in the next <laughs> six months. When I was, uh, when I was in Lisbon, uh, I won't tell you what for years ago. Uh, one of the locals was was not very like happy with Renato Sanchez because apparently he lived like in the area where he grew up, and he'd come back when he made he made the move to, 
to Bayern at the time, which I think was his first big move after Benfica. And uh, would drive a white Mustang like with his music blaring apparently all night and he'd just have lots and lots of friends and people sort of standing around his car and drinking into the early hours. And he, yeah, he was kind of insinuating that that was where his sort of career derailed and we're probably, what, <laughs> five years on? So um, I don't know if the, the good people of Rome... the same thing in Swansea. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So um, <laughs> hopefully he's got to have his system. Shot. I can't imagine many of the good people of Rome taking to that. Um, so he's um, probably more mature these days. Possibly. I, I do think he'd stand out less in Rome though because Rome's just a bit mad and there's all sorts going on all the time so maybe it's going to be entertainment value either way because he is still undoubtedly a really really talented player and he showed that at Lille Um, he he got back to the sort of level you'd expect at Lille and then got a really bad injury just as he was sort of really peaking again Um, so he's either going to be entertaining in that way or like you say he is the sort of player you could really imagine a clash with Mourinho and, and some quite explosive comment yeah because like physically when you watch him and he's on like form he's kind of got that that sort of bullying sort of stance you know he brushes people off the ball and he's strong yeah, yeah and, and sort of and and it makes him noticeable on the pitch but if he takes that into the changing room at half time and decides to have it out with jose then yeah there could be fireworks it's not gonna fight mancini it hasn't all been bad news and frustrations from Mourinho this summer though because Back at the end of June, early July, he was probably celebrating because Marco Serra is not going to be officiating in, in Serie A this coming season. He was due to have his last season as a referee. But this is the guy who you will remember had a had the biggest of fallouts with Mourinho. The, the referee that Mourinho accused of, of saying unspeakable things to him during the... It was the loss against Cremonese, I believe, back in, in February. And... Mourinho got sent to the stands during that and said that he's that guy is after saying things to me that I won't repeat. Like he said things to me that a referee should never say. At the time, it was kind of just swept under the carpet and everybody like the AIA, the Italian Referees Association said, nah, there's nothing to see here. Turns out they lied because he's been dismissed. He's been told to to do one a year early. He's going to operate as a, as a VAR official, but he has been stood down from his position. And Sarah is the same referee who ruled out a goal for, for Milan in, in controversial fashion uh, the season before. So he's gone. So Mourinho has one less thing to be angry about. We're sure we'll still find a way. Um, one of the things he might be angry about, though, is the fact that Gianluca Scamacca isn't going to be playing under him this season. He's instead at Atalanta, who, Burnsy, are the, the third of this group of teams that we could probably bunch in just above Fiorentina and beneath the the top four, although they, any of them could well get into the top four. Um, how are we rating their chances coming into the season? They've had an interesting window. And I, I mean that in a pre- predominantly positive manner. Um, because... Skamaka is is a player that everyone I think likes to watch. Everyone who watches Italian football likes to watch, and will be quite happy to see back in Serie A. Generally speaking, um, but they also signed a guy called El Bilal Torre, who I hadn't heard of, mm-hmm. but he cost uh, the figure in front of me is in pounds, twenty four million pounds, um, which was around the time that 
Rasmus Hoyland was just about to join United, so it was very much, oh, this is the replacement. But then Skamaka arrived. So that that's going to be quite interesting. It seems like Duban Spata could well be gone, largely for that reason. Um, but also, Charles de Kesselaer is, is, is appearing. I don't think that's quite official yet, but I think the medical was today. No, it's they've confirmed it this evening. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's appeared, which is quite groovy. He's going to get another chance. Um, we we talked about him quite a bit towards the end of last season, didn't we? I think we're all vaguely the opinion that he shouldn't be 100% judged on that year at Milan, but also he can't be massively shocked that they've moved him on, really. I am very excited about this move because I think he's a good player. I thought the hype around his move to Milan last year was ridiculous because he was never going to just come in and be as good as like Rafael Leao or because it took so long. Yeah, you yeah. could understand the relief of getting it over the line, but it it, it did seem like he was being set up to to fall short of expectations at points. But everybody, I follow a lot of Atalanta fans. I've got a lot of Atalanta fan friends, and a lot of people are just saying the same thing. And it's a gasp is going to make him Ilicic 2.0. And that's just making me really excited because I can see it. I can see it happening. They look loosely similar. They're both quite elegant on the ball. Vito, you're nodding along. Come on, help me get excited about it. Yeah, I even did a quote tweet of Atalanta's official uh, announcement of it. So, um, yeah, definitely because of the build and how he moves, I see... Assuming it's at three four two one formation, he'll he'll take up the Ilicic's old role, and I think because of the system Gasparini plays, I think some of the Catalada's characteristics can actually benefit from it. I don't think Pioli's formation had really suited him, and it was more suited to Graham Diaz. So Atalanta also wanted to keep an eye on towards the end of the window. I can't think off the top of my head. You'll know Connor more than me specifically what else they might be looking for but they're 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 roughly 60 million euro in the green this summer because obviously the Hoyland deal was huge but they got they sold Jeremy Bogger um Yoki Mailer for decent fees Pacino and Malinowski both went permanently after loans for decent fees um they you know they're not the sort of team that spend all the money they earn obviously but there is money there from this window that, that can be spent towards the end. The important thing this summer is, well, they've. I'll, I'll list through some of the players that have come in and, and gone in terms of strengthening, but now they need bodies because we, we saw at the end of last season they were playing with like nine first-team players at points. And, and if you looked at their bench at any point, they, are, they were only able to name five or six substitutes. And I guarantee you wouldn't be able to hear or you wouldn't have been able to recognise most of the names on the bench at most of the points at the end of the season. But I think they've had a brilliant transfer window so far. Like, the Hoyland thing was, it was always likely to happen. And the fact that they've got 75 million just shows, again, that there aren't many teams about who are as good at selling on their own terms as Atalanta. Like, I think if you look back through the last few years... they also sold him injured. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and... It is, like, I, I know I, I play this up a little bit to annoy you mostly, Ewan, but he is still so far from being the final product. Like, it's mm. there's there's no guarantee that he's going to be a good striker. So 
He got nine goals last season and he looked exciting, I think, more than brilliant. So that's a remarkable bit of business. But Skamaka and Bilal Torre to come in up top to replace him and possibly Duvan Zapata. Um, they brought in Mitchell Backer very early in the window, who was coming in as a wing back. And now it's obvious that that was to replace Mela, who, let's be honest, never delivered for Atalanta. He, he looked promising for the first few months, but he never did it. Um, Ser Kolasinac has come in at, at centre-back. Again, he's just a body and he's going to replace the, the outgoing Mary Demiral, which will again bring in more funds that they can then spend. Um, Marco Sportiello, a clown, has left, which is great. <laughs> like a, a man with holes in his hands who pretends to keep goal is gone. And yeah, but he's going to win the league this season. That's what we've decided. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone on a free, but I mean, it's about five years too late. And Marco Konazeki, who's probably the most highly billed Italian young goalkeeper, has just returned from Lona at Cremonese to be back up to Juan Musa and probably push Juan Musa. And let's not forget Michel Odopo, who came in from Torino on a free as well. So I think they've done really well. They've not signed Champions League level players, with the exception of Skamaka, who is probably the, the most ready-made player at that level. But I think they can be very happy. I do still think that they need a couple more bodies, not first-team players, but players who can step in. And, and Gasparini has said that he still wants more signings to come in too. So there is a feeling that more needs to happen. And given the talks that were held with Gasparini and the club at the beginning of the, the summer, I'd be surprised if Gasparini doesn't get exactly what he wants between now and the window closing. So watch this space with Atalanta. I think they're going to be one to watch. But there's been four different winners of Serie A in the last four seasons, guys. Um, those four winners are Juventus, Milan, Inter and Napoli. Could we possibly see a fifth different winner this season and one of the Roman clubs or Atalanta or let's say Fiorentina do the unthinkable? No. No. Okay. Right, there we go. <laughs> Thanks. Um, for what it's worth, I'd probably agree with that. But what shall we talk about next? Shall we go to our predictions? Yes. I let's. think we should go to our predictions. So I'll give you guys the chance to get them up in front of you. But the, the predictions are divided into the usual categories, which are the top four ordered from one to four. The European places from five to seven. And then the relegated places ordered from the highest finishing, 18th, to the lowest, which is 20th. And then we've got two little categories as well that we like to throw in, which are something to watch out for, very, very vague. And then the even more personal, what you would personally like to see this season. So I'll come to you first, Kevin. Do you have your predictions in front of you? I do. Well, that was unexpected. Good. Um, can you talk us through them? Who are your top four? Top four is Milan, Inter, Napoli and Juventus. Milan back on top. Juventus back in the Champions League. Okay, five to seven. Uh, Lazio, Roma, Atalanta. Lazio, Roma, Atalanta. Atalanta seventh. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I uh, was fully trying to work out where they were going to be, but uh, right. I just kind of settled on... Last season's order, I think, probably, Fine. of those I'll three. come back to you in a moment for the relegations, but top four, Vito? Napoli, Juventus, Lazio and Inter. Lazio are in there. I think you might be the only one. 
with Lazio in the top four and your fifth to seventh? AC Milan, Atalanta and Roma. I still, you're not going to win me round with the AC Milan thing. You're not going to win me round with that, Vito. I'm mm. sorry. Bernsey, what are you saying for the top four? I think we've gone similar. I've gone Milan, Inter, Juve, Napoli. Oh, we've gone mostly similar, but things in different orders. And your fifth to seventh? Roma, Atalanta and Lazio. Okay. Yeah, close enough. I've gone for a top four of Milan, Juve, Inter and Roma. And then fifth to seventh, I've gone Napoli, Atalanta and Lazio. I'm just not convinced by Lazio this season. Uh, we'll jump all the way down to the bottom. I think Lecce, Empoli and Frosinone are going to get relegated. I think Empoli are going to be unexpectedly stinky this season. Um, I don't see them having any hope. I think Chicha Caputo will get seven to ten goals and and help. But I think Vicario is going to be such a big loss for them that I just think they're going to sink. Burnsy, your relegated teams. Lecce, which I didn't want to do, but I yeah. think they will. Mainly because of one player going. Um, Who is that player? Frosinone, uh, Hulmond has gone to Sporting. I missed that move completely. Which Sporting has he gone to? The Portuguese one? Yes. Um, It only happened in the last, just over a week, maybe. Um, But yeah, it's upsetting. That's a big He was the captain as well, wasn't he? Yeah. And of course, I'm Um, I'm guessing Umtiti's not sticking around either, is he? No, he's not. So it's dire times in Puglia. Um, Frosinone, not for any major reason other than I had a little look at the squad when I was doing this and not much jumped out at me. Um, and Cagliari. Cagliari, again. rock bottom, Claudio Ranieri. Yep. When's he getting Just sacked because... then? Because he's not going to see out the season if they... No, I reckon... November, and there's no slight on him. I think it's just the way things go down there. Um, and I don't really like them, so I put them there. <laughs> yeah, I want them gone, but I think they'll <laughs> stay up. And I, the same can be said for Hellas Verona. I think they'll stay up, but I don't want them to. Um, Vito, what are your bottom three? My bottom three, Frosinone, Verona, and Lecce. You're going for a Verona relegation. What's the thinking behind that? I don't rate Marco Baroni as a coach. Okay. I think he was very lucky last season that Pantaleo Corvino brought in some very good players and that allowed his team to sort of do well. So he just plays a basic 4-3-3, but uh, I don't think he's a tactically intriguing coach. And he goes to Verona, which usually play in a back three formation. Uh, I don't know how he's going to turn that team around and they only survived last season because of the playoff with Spezia. They did, and they should have been relegated because that mm. playoff should not have existed. But let's not get into that again. Yeah. Kev, I'm going to give you a hug because I've just seen one of your relegated teams and you're in agreement with me. Who are your bottom three? Uh, so I have Frosinone. Um, obviously, they were champions Serie B last year, but I think they won't have enough. Mm. Um, but probably enough Coach to fight. As well. Yeah, probably to fight them, fight themselves towards the end week of the season and still be in with a fighting chance staying up. Then I have Empoli, who uh, probably deserve to go down with if you averaged how poorly they've been over the last couple of years. And then I had to pick a fascist, so I chose Verona <laughs> uh, over Cagliari to finish bottom because they uh, largely stunk out Serie A last season. And um, I don't think any of us want to watch that. I'd be pleased if both... Cagliari and 
<laughs> Verona got relegated. Yeah, Vito Di Francesco has appeared again, so <laughs> Frozen on Air in trouble. Um, what are the Do things? Want... Oh, go on. Sorry, just just to sort of pile in on Empoli a bit further. Um, Please. Uh, Parisi is gone as well. The oh, left back, yeah. who was yeah, beyond the carrier, was mm-hmm. their best player last season. Um, and you look at who's come in. Uh, Luperto was coming at the back. It's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Fun. Cancellieri. Oh, on loan wow. From Go again. Tell yeah. me more. There's a, there's a Polish player who, who cost them £1.7 million. Pounds, and I'm not going to say his name. Go on. Well, you are. Um, Sebastian. <laughs> How many consonants are in this oh. next word? Is he going to pronounce Zalukovic. the Z correctly? Okay, I'll allow it. You didn't sound silly. Unless when you say you'll allow it, you can't see. Yeah, it, you so might be trying can... to read Leo Stulak's name, <laughs> then you are. <laughs> but also, Daniel Maldini has arrived on loan. Yeah, so sorry, fine. Daniel. No, he's the relegator, isn't he? Where has he come from? Relegator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he come... well, he's come from Milan. If you want to get really pernickety. Uh, but... You know what I mean. Um, <laughs> what are the things that we've highlighted as as something to look out for? So I've kind of cheated and squeezed like four things in here. So I've said that um, I can't help but think that Torino will have a quietly good year under Juric and that Adrian Tameze is going to be one of the signings of the season, along with Matteo Rotegi at Genoa and Gianluca Scamacca at Atalanta. And of course, let's not forget to pay attention to Bologna. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> when you said Matteo Rotegi, I got, because I was thinking about somebody else earlier, I thought you said Matteo Ruggieri. <laughs> <laughs> he was like you want to look out for who is a player that you hate more than the devil himself i will just say <laughs> you were with me at the stadium in bournemouth i told you that i know yeah. something about him that i cannot talk about on the podcast <laughs> and and the stadium announcer said matteo ruggery yeah which was good fun <laughs> um but yeah sorry I, I just thought you said that you were looking forward to watching Ruggieri play the season no, it, it really caught me off guard if i weren't an atalanta fan i'd be looking forward to make watching him make a tit of himself again but uh, i'm unfortunately <laughs> gonna have to suffer through that uh bernsey go on then what's what are your things or thing to look out for well you, you stole mine you said it earlier which <laughs> was took away oh sorry um as yeah, basically, exactly as we discussed, I just think he's, he's a really, really exciting player. He's been one of the most sort of, one of them just like ruthlessly fast, fun to watch wingers mm. over the past few years. In, Imagine playing in against Europe. him and Leo. Exactly, that's that's very cool. <laughs> I, 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 God forbid someone loses the ball against them fairly high up the pitch. I really hope they bully someone this season. Like, for example, Mario Rui. And just say we're putting both of them on the same side as you, Mario. What are you gonna Never do? Jerry. No, <laughs> no. Come on, take, take take one for the team, quite literally. No, and let that let that not, be your Jerry. I will not do that. Vito, what are your things to look out for? I put one thing mainly, and that would be Monza after the passing of Silvio Berlusconi. Uh, he put in money into that club, but uh, his children haven't showed much interest in football i wonder how much galliani will take on and in normal circumstances i would think monza look like they'd be setting up nicely to stay in seria but i don't see them as being a, a sassuolo type um a provincial club that can sort of sustain their model so be interesting to see if they can somehow improve or stay that way or if they're just gonna fall to pieces especially if there's not enough money coming through 
I couldn't possibly say what I'm hoping happens there. Uh, Kev, what is your thing to watch this season? Well, I'm, I might be falling into the third year of Jose sort of stereotype, but uh, I don't know. I got a sneaking suspicion he might be gone before Christmas. <laughs> um, before Christmas? Yeah, well, before the new year. Uh, let's give him a few extra days. Um but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will be a fight Same with Renato Sanchez. Um, but, yeah, let's, uh, let's look out for that. Huh. Fair enough. Um, well, that leads nicely into the things we want to see this season because I've gone for something that you guys have already ruined on me uh, this evening, which is having four different winners from the last four seasons has been great and a real novelty after nine consecutive seasons of the same winner. I'd love to see someone different winner again and get five winners in five seasons and i would say that roma are more likely to do that than either atalanta or lazio um i did say at the bottom of this that it doesn't seem likely but if we can't dream before a ball is kicked when can we dream so allow it guys um Bernsey, what are you hoping or what would you like to see this season well, somewhat in keeping, actually. Yeah, what what is yours is mine potentially because I want Tammy Abraham to have a good season. That, that's all I'm asking for. It's not a lot to when ask for. When is he going he to a... be on a pitch again? I don't know, to be honest. But either way, that might affect your somewhere. That into might affect the season. that <laughs> if he's not going to be on well, a pitch. If, if he does well enough when he's back, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to call it. This is his last season in Italy, and he flops. Oh, okay. I don't Thank want you. him to. I Brilliant. like Tammy Abram a lot, but I think he'll return to England and I just don't see him having a good season because of the injury mostly. Um, sorry, He's going to score 40 goals I'm sure he's listening. in half a season, depending on when he's back. <laughs> in training. Now, the season is officially back, listeners. Ewan is saying outrageous numbers <laughs> for things. Um, 45, actually. Vito, we all know it. Say the line. What do you want to see this season? Oh, Genoa to get relegated. <laughs> there it is. Short and sweet. You delivered, Vito. Thank you very much. Kev, what do you want to see this season? Well, I touched on this earlier that um, Napoli's win got a little bit, you know, not boring, but just, you know. Um, it's unreal, isn't he? They won the league for the first time in 33 know, years. Know, it was amazing, and he was bored. But you know, <laughs> so I'd, you know, I'd like a title race again. However, um, if we go link on to what you want to see, which is Roma winning the league, I've now got this image in my mind of a Juve Roma total race to the bitter end, but just each winning like one nil each week, mm. <laughs> or two, you know, or two one. It's like, oh, can you imagine that? I'd, I'd, I'd take Napoli's total win over that happening. I'll just head back to Vito, actually, because something's popped into my head. Genoa are not in your bottom three. No, exactly. <laughs> no, because, <laughs> he's, he said because I hope Genoa get relegated. But they but won't. Do I see them realistically being relegated? What are relegated? the positives in your head about their squad, then? Please share. Uh, Rategi. Rategi. I think... <laughs> I think he'll make the difference. And they're a wonderful club as well, aren't they? In Serie B, they didn't have a decent striker. Sorry, that was cruel, but it had to be done. And their fans and atmosphere are good, aren't they, as well, Vito? It's a really nice place to visit. Uh, Well, you've been to the Derby, but of course, the Derby della Lanterna is um, 
better when you have the Luciortiati around to add a bit more additional color. They don't call it La Maglia Più Bella for nothing. Are we well, all hoping that Samp either get far enough to get Genoa in the Coppa Italia? I don't know how either of those teams still in the Coppa Italia. Um, we must, like, we want to Derby della Lanterna, don't we? Yes. Yeah. At least for the atmosphere. Yeah. Kev, the I mean, you literally wrote a book about it, so it would help the sales. I did. And yeah, and I did. I did it twice, and it's it's one of the few games that I would go back to. Really, you know, because I've done the I've done the Milan derby did twice. But it's uh, did I just say really, and then he said no? No, I said <laughs> with, uh, with the rest all a bit of a drag with it. I can't remember. Well, you know, Milan I've done twice, Rome I've done twice, but did. there's something. It almost feels like you get a different experience each time you go to the Genoa one. The others feel a bit samey. The ones I've done twice, but uh, yeah. It's a, it, yeah, we do want it back, but yeah, come on, Samp. That was a good advert for the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although so, you can read about him having gets a, a bit samey after Genoa, the first yeah. chapter. You can read about him having a fallout with his with his good pal and lovely man Guy, who has appeared on a patron edition of this podcast, and who Bernsey and I were reacquainted with just a couple of weeks ago in in the south of England, and it was a lovely experience. And he you gave might. me a hug. Yeah. He's he's threatening to come to Palmer. So is he? <laughs> he's yeah. in August. He will not survive. Uh, he, t- he just tells me, if you see me, you see me. <laughs> it sounds very <laughs> ominous. <laughs> I really hope he wraps up. Um, I really, really do. We're gonna we're gonna get to the to the burger place. I've just realised that we are still recording, but Good. the the burger place that we've been to, um, Kevin, you've been to twice, only once to eat. We're gonna go to their aperitivo place, which is one of my regular spots and we'll get a nice few beers um, and the beers are two for one between six and eight so obviously we'll go when they open at six yeah this um, time next week I'll probably be getting up to get on the uh, to drive to the airport all right well we'll discuss that off air listeners we are back remember it's patreon.com slash total Italian football if you want to help us get through this season for as little as two euro a month um other than that, total-italianfootball.com for all of your Serie A needs. We have previews of Roma, Inter, Milan, Juve, uh, uh, and Atalanta up as we speak. We've got the overall season preview going at 7 o'clock my time. So probably, well, earlier if you're in most English-speaking places in the world. Um, for, for you guys, it's going to be out by the time you get to listen to this. Let's be realistic. And there's loads of stuff to come too. So do head over there and there's plenty of of goodness to keep you there. We will be back to talk after the first match day of the 2023-24 Serie A season. And until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from all of my friends. We'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.